Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Uh, we got a bunch of things to discuss, as we always do. And I want to start off right here with Novak Djokovic. Um, this is ridiculous. Novak Djokovic announced earlier today, a few hours ago, that he's not going to be coming to play in the U.S. Open because of the policies that are in place still in the United States that don't allow anyone who is foreign to enter the country unless they have gotten the COVID shot. Uh, That is, if you're not a citizen. If you leave the country uh, and you are a citizen, you could come back in even without the COVID shot, thankfully. But Novak Djokovic, much like Australia, would not allow him to participate in the Australian Open is not going to be able to play in the U.S. Open. That's even though he played last year in the U.S. Open when COVID was at a much higher rate. And even though Novak Djokovic has been proven 100% true in the reason why he has not gotten the COVID shot. Because COVID neither stops uh, the spread nor prevents you from getting the virus and giving it to someone else. And you can just look at Joe Biden and Jill Biden and see that even if you've gotten four shots, you can still get COVID. In fact, there is a study out there that suggests if you have gotten four COVID shots, you are even more likely to get COVID than people who have gotten nowhere near four COVID shots. So, what I want to talk about, though, is not the fact that Novak Djokovic has been proven to be correct, like Kyrie Irving and like Aaron Rodgers, And like other people, many of you out there watching and listening right now, who said, I'm young and healthy. I may have already had COVID. There's no point in me getting this COVID shot. They were 100% right. Most people won't even acknowledge it. What I want to talk about is the way that the sports media covers people who have political opinions that are the same as them compared to people that have political opinions that are different. Now, the COVID shot shouldn't be a political question. It's just a health-related issue. I'll talk about that in a moment. But how often do you hear, oh, Megan Rapino is so brave because she won't go to the White House when Donald Trump was president. It's so brave of her. How often do you hear, oh, it's so brave of LeBron James to come out with this woke political opinion. Oh, I'm so glad that he's using his platform in such a productive way. Bravo, LeBron James. How often do you hear that? All the time, right? Yet, the people who are making these choices to come out with left-wing political opinions are actually benefiting from those opinions, okay? It's not brave to say something that ends up making you more money than it would have if you had stayed completely silent, all right? Look at what is happening to Novak Djokovic and what happened to Kyrie Irving. 
these guys spoke out and cost themselves money. Now, we can still argue about whether it's brave to say something that costs you money, but there is a cost. It's certainly not brave to say something and be rewarded for it. Yet, almost no one is going to discuss Novak Djokovic's choice here. He's one all-time tennis major behind right now uh, and has a decent chance to become the greatest tennis player of all time. Rafael Nadal, I believe, has 22 tennis majors and Novak Djokovic has 21. Djokovic would have been the favorite at Australian Open and he would have been the favorite at the U.S. Open. At a minimum, he's probably likely to have won at least one of those tournaments, and there would have been a good chance, based on the way he's been playing, that he would win both, which would have made him the greatest tennis player in men's tennis history. And maybe he could end up with more majors than either any man or woman. It's not crazy to think that that would end up being the result. Instead, he has stood on principle, over the benefit. He could have easily gotten a worthless COVID shot and played in Australia. Nobody would have been safer if he had gotten that COVID shot. He's under zero risk now, and he can spread it just as easily if he gets the COVID shots, maybe more easily, than he can now. And so this argument, there's no justification whatsoever to keep Novak Djokovic out of America. He could go down to our southern border and he could cross illegally into this country and they don't test at all for COVID there. So what I think is significant here, and you'll hardly hear it talked about or written about or see it discussed anywhere in the world of sports outside of OutKick, which is why our audience is continuing to skyrocket. Going to have an all-time record for readership at OutKick in August, which follows the all-time record for readership in July. And it's going to only skyrocket as we go into September and October and November. And the overall amount of people consuming our content continues to grow because we're talking about things that the vast majority of Americans agree with. And that is Novak Djokovic should be able to play in the U.S. Open. This is not remotely controversial. There is zero health justification for keeping him out. And the same sports media who are always beating the drum, praising athletes for standing on principle or sharing political beliefs, are mostly silent over Djokovic. Think about all the Colin Kaepernick stands out there. Kaepernick got rewarded. He made more money not playing football than he ever would have playing football. Djokovic is actually costing himself a chance to be the greatest tennis player in the history of tennis to stand on the principle that the COVID shot doesn't make sense. He can go get a COVID shot. It wouldn't make him safer. Might make him a little bit sicker. Wouldn't make any of us safer. But it's a relatively inconsequential act. He's just willing to stand on the principle that the mandates are wrong. God bless him. More power to him. But I want you all to notice that virtually no one in the sports media, other than your boy and other than people at at OutKick, are actually even willing to point any of this out or frankly, even cover it at all. Um, This ties in uh, with what I find to be 
yet more failure in the media. By and large, the media does a really poor job of covering complex issues. So Joe Biden came out and said, I'm canceling all your student loan debt. He's not actually canceling it. He's just taking it on for taxpayers. He's just adding $500 billion plus in taxpayer responsibilities to an already inflation-addled economy. And he's doing it without congressional authority to do it. So nothing is being canceled. We're basically just giving away money to rich people, frankly, who had the opportunity already to go to college and go to grad school. And we're randomly selecting a small cohort of people that have taken out loans and giving them a benefit for it. I took out loans. I paid off all of my student loans. I went to a college that was not as highly regarded, George Washington University, because they gave me a scholarship and I was going to be able to graduate in three years than more highly rated colleges that I got into because those colleges were going to cost me substantially more money. And I didn't want to have to take out that added financial detriment. A lot of people did that. Many of you watching this right now may have gone to a state university because it was much cheaper than a private university that you also got in because you didn't want to take out the loans. You didn't want to take on the financial responsibilities. Some of you out there are parents right now, grandparents. You may have paid for your kids' schooling so that they didn't have to take out loans. You may have even saved up substantial amounts of money foregone vacations, new cars, better houses, so that you had the resources to be able to support your kids' higher education needs. Meanwhile, other people spent all their money, didn't in any way save for their kids' college, and now they're just going to wipe out that student loan. A lot of you out there may have gotten jobs. You may have worked two or three different jobs to pay for your college education, or your grad school education, so you didn't have to take out loans. And now the more irresponsible among us are doing that. But the bigger issue here than the morality and the fairness associated with making mostly poorer people, people who decided to go work at FedEx or become uh, 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 maintenance men or plumbers or uh, any number of jobs that you can go into at 18, went into the military. All of these people out there made the choice to go into working at 18 years old because they didn't think college made sense. And now you're going to make them take on the burden of the comparatively wealthy who decided to go to college and grad school doesn't make any sense. That's the actual ethics of this, the equality of this, the equity, since Democrats used to love, love to use that word of this. But the big issue here is Joe Biden doesn't have the constitutional authority to do this. Nancy Pelosi's already said it. Uh, You've got senators coming out and saying they think it's a poor choice. Democrat senators, Democrat congresspeople, letting you know that this plan would not pass Congress. That right now, even though Democrats control the House and the Senate, they couldn't pass this $500 billion plus student loan forgiveness. And it's $500 billion right now, but in 10 years, they're going to want to forgive more 
So this actually makes the entire student loan process worse, okay? So as you break all this down, I want you to think about an easy analogy. Joe Biden doesn't have the authority to do this. And so he is stepping out and he is arguing, I'm going to forgive over $500 billion in student loans. And in the process, he's making himself Michael Scott. Do you remember the great office episode, Tots, uh, Scott's Tots, where Michael Scott, his office, unbelievably great television show. Michael Scott went into the elementary school classroom and told all the kids that he was going to pay for their college. And now those kids were getting old enough to need college and he had to go back to them and say, actually, I don't have the money to be able to do this. Joe Biden is Michael Scott in Scott's Tots. He's trying to cancel all of this, all of these costs, all of these student loans without having the constitutional authority to be able to do it. And the way this is going to play out, I told you this yesterday, it's going to go to Congress. uh, Sorry, it's going to go into the courts. The courts are going to overturn it. And then Joe Biden is going to blame the Supreme Court and the other courts for overturning this and use it as a reason, either he or whoever is running as a Democrat in 2024, to attack the Supreme Court for being illegitimate and going against the will of the people. You know it. I know it. We all know that it is coming. And so I just want to prepare you for this process. Joe Biden does not have constitutional authority to undertake this act. Uh, It's a great question from Jackie Heinrich at Fox News. I just shared it on my Twitter account. She said, wait a minute, in the White House briefing, Corrine Jean-Pierre, you told uh, the country that the reason why Title 42 was being rescinded at the border was because the COVID emergency was over but you are simultaneously citing the COVID emergency as your justification for why you are canceling over $500 billion in student debt. And what I would say is, this is the exact same situation nearly as when the CDC tried to extend the eviction moratorium. When the Congress would not have authorized this, the President, Biden, avoided taking it to Congress and decided to try to do it through executive order, and then the court struck it down. That is what is going to happen with this student loan relief uh, idea as well. We'll be right back in a moment, but first, this break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Um, Finland's Prime Minister. Let's have some fun. Finland's Prime Minister, um, Marina San or something like that, uh, is incredible. Let me make sure I get her name right because I want to make sure that I give her substantial credit for uh, for this. Sana Marin, uh, I believe. Sana Marin is the Finnish prime minister. She is on an incredible tear. Content galore for OutKick. First, uh, she had a video, this is recently, where she was out dancing, partying, actually a really good dancer, having an incredible time. And uh, her opponent said she's got to be drug tested She's got to be on drugs the way she's behaving. Now, I watched the videos, and I was like, 
She just seems like somebody who's a good dancer out having a good time. So she took a drug test, passed the drug test, was not on drugs. Within 24 hours of that, however, she evidently threw a party at her house and two of the people that were there flashed, exposed their breasts. Now, I did the research, so you don't have to. Uh, Two different women flashed their breasts while kissing at a party that she was throwing. Again, I did the research, so you don't have to. Uh, And she has now apologized for throwing a party where two of her girlfriends were making out and pulling up their tops and flashing their boobs. Gotta say, I wish we could have scandals like this in the United States again. I wish that this was American politician. AOC wants to start throwing parties where chicks take their tops off and make out. I'm not going to be opposed to it. Not going to be opposed to it. I will research it. I will make sure that I am well-informed, that I'm able to talk about this intelligently, uh, but props to Finland over their prime minister. A couple of other really interesting stories that are out there. Nate Silver at 538 did a really good uh, examination of where the Big Ten should expand. And I read this article this morning and I was like, man, this is really good, such that I think I'm going to reach out to Nate Silver and ask if he wants to come on and have a longer form discussion about the idea of Big Ten uh, expansion. But the candidates, when he factored in everything that made the most sense, I thought this was pretty interesting. And I encourage you to read the piece. He said, Tier 1, Notre Dame. You guys know this. Notre Dame makes the most sense possible for the Big Ten. There's no doubt at all about that. But he said the next four schools, based on his criterion and data analysis, were North Carolina, Oregon, Florida State, and Washington. Uh, And I thought that was a really interesting analysis. So, the five best candidates for Big Ten expansion would be Notre Dame, North Carolina, Oregon, Florida State, and Washington. And then the next tier, he said, would be Clemson, Utah, Miami, Stanford, and Cal. And uh, those would be the ones that made the most sense. Now, I would put Virginia in this mix. I think UVA, even though they haven't been that good in football by and large over the past several years, would make a lot of sense. Um, And so I would rank those as like the top 10 candidates, so to speak, of where expansion should go next. But again, uh, we've written about it at OutKick. You can go read it. Uh, If the Big Ten is going to go to 22 or 24 or 20 or whatever the number is that makes sense going forward, um, I would encourage uh, you to go read. And I'm going to ask Nate Silver if he wants to come on and have a long-form discussion about the criteria and analysis because I am a conference expansion and realignment nerd uh, and I would love to go in on it. Okay, look, um, I don't get paid for this. They should advertise with me because I love them and I would be happy to advertise for them. But I think the Wall Street Journal is the best newspaper in America today. I read the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, uh, the Washington Post. I read everything, okay? If it's out there, your boy probably sees it. On my iPhone, I'm on my phone, and I read a lot of stuff on uh, computer and obviously in print as well. I'm on my phone nine hours a day. If it's out there, I see it, all right? Uh, Editorial. And this is a tough conversation, but I think it needs to be a discussion that's taking place. And I talked about it some on the radio show earlier. 
And the headline here is the GOP's abortion plan, uh, problem. GOP's abortion problem. And it goes through the fact that Democrats, since June, when this ruling came down, have been having more success and that they may well be uh, knocking out the idea of a red wave because a lot of people are motivated based on this abortion issue and Dobbs overturning Roe v. Wade and sending uh, the issue of abortion back to the states. Now, I've been saying for a long time Roe v. Wade was awfully decided. Everybody has their own opinions on abortion. I've tried to be as straightforward and transparent with all of you as I can. I believe that third trimester abortion is murder, okay? The Democrat position is that if they want to have, a woman wants to have, assuming they still acknowledge that women are the ones who get pregnant, if women want to have an abortion in the ninth month, that's okay. I disagree. I think it's murder. And if you take it out of the the issue of abortion, the way I would talk about it is if you had a pregnant woman, if your wife, for instance, was pregnant, and she was murdered in the ninth month. And the baby that she was soon to deliver also died as a part of that attack. Would you consider that to be one murder or two murders? To me, it's two murders. Because that baby, I've been through three pregnancies. Uh, you, by the time you're getting to the ninth month, you have put your hand on that, uh, that, that baby inside of the belly a ton. You have spent, you probably have already got your entire nursery set up. You probably have named the baby. You know the sex. You can look at the baby inside of the ultrasound and it is a baby, okay? Third trimester is murder. The Democrat perspective is all the way up to nine months, abortion should be legal. I disagree. I think abortion, particularly in the third trimester, is murder, okay? But I think where Republicans are doing a poor job is The vast majority of Americans agree third trimester abortions is murder, around 90%. But I also simultaneously believe that uh, in cases of rape, in cases of incest, when the life of the mother is at stake, babies shouldn't have to be carried to term. I also believe that birth control should be readily available everywhere. And we can talk about where you draw the line But I believe in the first trimester, at some point, abortion should be permissible. I understand people out there sometimes get mad at me. They're like, oh my God. No, I believe that third trimester abortion is murder. But I believe that early on in a pregnancy, and certainly in a case of rape, incest, or life of a mother, that abortion should be permissible and should be a medical choice. I've said this for a long time. I'm actually in that tiny subset that believes, hey, you should be able to decide whether or not to get a COVID shot based on your own health externalities. And early in the first trimester, I believe that you should be able to get an abortion. And certainly with life of the mother, uh, uh, rape or incest. That's when it should occur. Now, what week it should occur at, I think that should be a state debate. I think individual state legislatures should go in and make the decision about which week. I'm not here to talk about where I think that line should be drawn, but I believe early in the first uh, trimester, 
that abortion should be allowed. I do not believe that it should be allowed in the third trimester. My position is supported by around 80% of the American public. 10% of Americans believe, this is your right, that when a baby is conceived, nothing else matters. That life, that baby has to be born. Doesn't matter if it's rape, doesn't matter if it's incest, nothing else matters. When a baby is conceived, that baby has to be born. There is no ability for abortion at all. I respect that opinion. I don't agree with it, okay? It's about 10% of the population. About 10% of the population on the other end says, hey, all the way up to nine months, abortion should be legal for the entire length of a pregnancy. I don't agree with that. I believe, I use my example of a mother who gets shot, I believe that's murder. I'm in the middle, right? Closer, to, Much closer to pro-life probably than pro-choice. But that's where the vast majority of the American public is. 80% of us are somewhere between those two polar opposites. I'm not saying you're an awful human being if you believe either of those polls. You're entitled to your belief, just like I'm entitled to my belief. But Republicans have to do a better job on this issue because it's going back to the states and you need, if you're a politician, to come out and say what your position is on this issue and let voters make the determination. And you need to point out how radical the Democrat position is. Every Democrat is saying nine-month abortion should be legal. Republicans have all sorts of opinions. Some Republicans believe any abortion should be illegal. That's actually a substantial minority of Republicans. The vast majority of both Republicans, Democrats, and Independents are where I am. Somewhere in that middle, not on either side. But the Democrat position is that 10% position. 90% of American voters disagree with the idea that abortion should be able to happen in the ninth month. That's what Democrats voted on. That's what they believe. That's wrong, in my opinion, and the vast majority of Americans agrees with me. They reject that Democrat perspective. So, I understand it's not an easy issue to discuss, and people have a wide variety of opinions, but Republicans need to be focusing on that third trimester abortion issue, and they also, in my opinion, if they have an opinion that is not uh, that that 10% opinion, right? That there is some ability to get an abortion. I think you should share that too. Most Americans are both pro-life and pro-choice. Most of them are. They have pro-life and pro-choice opinions. And the nuance and the discussion in the wake of Roe v. Wade is an important one to have. The Ashley Biden diary. There are two people that are being charged with crimes for stealing Ashley Biden's diary. To me, the biggest story here is the Ashley Biden diary is real based on these criminal prosecutions. So there now is evidence that Hunter Biden was uh, certainly committing multiple felonies based on his laptop, but also based on Ashley Biden's diary, there is evidence that Joe Biden was a pedophile. Now, maybe Ashley Biden is psychologically unstable and the allegations that are laid out in her diary are not true. 
But there is evidence in her diary that suggests that Joe Biden molested her when she was a child. That's what she wrote. How is this now not bigger, not a bigger story now that effectively we know based on these charges that the Ashley Biden diary is real? Between Hunter Biden and Ashley Biden, there are a lot of scandalous, uncomfortable, felonious allegations, not just involving Hunter Biden, but also now involving directly Joe Biden needs to be looked into. If we had an honest FBI, maybe they would be doing it. Finally, uh, Gavin Newsom, who seems to have no indication how unpopular he is in the state of Florida or how many people have left California because of his failed leadership there, has announced that he is going to donate $100,000 to Charlie Crist's campaign in the state of Florida. Now, DeSantis is going to win by seven or eight points. I don't think this is going to be particularly close in Florida. Seven or eight points in Florida, by the way, is a landslide because Florida for a long time has been relatively a purple state, a toss-up spot. I think Ron DeSantis has changed that. But the idea that Gavin Newsom giving $100,000 to Charlie Crist in some way helps Charlie Crist's campaign is so insanely tone deaf that the only thing I can think is Gavin Newsom is continuing to make the moves that you would expect someone to make if he were going to be running for president. Because this might make sense with Gavin Newsom's base nationwide. It actually hurts Charlie Crist in Florida because your average voter in Florida finding out that Charlie Crist is strongly endorsed by Gavin Newsom actually just reinforces why they decided to leave California in the first place. Okay, appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I'm going to go work on uh, my uh, new book now. I hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays. I will see you tomorrow. College football, just two days away in this great country. Appreciate y'all.